sound from Sunny um, Let's find out if anyone's oh, planet oh, 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 I don't want to kill you. What would I do with this? From another galaxy. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. This is episode 10 of Empty Rant Presents, The Last Page with Jesse. Got a number of comic book reviews and a little short film to discuss. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello everyone, thanks for listening. This is episode 10 of The Last Page with Jesse. It's been a month since my last comic book review. As you may or may not know, I've moved to a monthly podcast. Weekly reviews were too hard to maintain with dad life and other activities keeping me occupied. So we've got a full show lined up with pretty heavy discussions on Marvel and its Secret Wars event. I'll continue to bash DC's Convergence event and talk briefly about how small my DC pool has shrunk over the past month. And we'll end with a few indie books I read last month of June, and my thoughts on the most recent Bat in the Sun production of Superpower Beatdown. Enjoy! So my Marvel pull list was very overwhelming for the month of June, partly due to Marvel's current ongoing event, Secret Wars. Still ongoing, so I expect July to be just as expensive, because I'm loving Secret Wars for the most part. There are some tie-ins I read but won't be discussing, mostly because um, they're really not worth discussing um, and wasting your time, so I'll spare your ears and maybe you'll end up saving a few bucks if you were considering buying these prior to listening to this podcast. The titles I'll be skipping are um, The Years of Future Past, number one, Ultimate End, number two, Battle Worlds, number one and two, and lastly, Armor Wars, number one. Some I plan on keeping because they were semi-okay or mediocre, and uh, some others I'll keep just for the covers, most notably the Iron Gwen cover from Armor Wars, number one, which was awesome. I, uh, the rest I'd happily trade back to my local comic shop um, as store credit for uh, some more Secret Wars tie-ins I'm actually interested in. So for the first book on my massive par- uh, Marvel pool list for the month of June, it was Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows Number 1 by Dan Slott and Adam Kuber. If you're fairly new to comics and have always wondered what Spider-Man, aka Peter Parker, would be like if he took the plunge into fatherhood and settled down with Mary Jane, then this is the book for you. We've seen Parker and MJ share a family in the past, most notably from the story arcs such as The Clone Saga and the other one from One More Day. As evident in both comics and movies, Peter's always struggled to hold on to relationships while balancing his vigilante lifestyle. Although it would seem a house full of spider babies would hinder him from his ability to avenge New York City, it does however make for some interesting storytelling. And there's no one else I'd rather uh, tell this story than the great Dan Slott, who's also responsible for my other favorite Spidey run, The Superior Spider-Man. Renew Your Vows essentially holds down the floor for Spidey and Marvel fans alike uh, for the duration of uh, Secret Wars, which we'll get to shortly. The family dynamic present in this book quickly serves as a dangerous topic for Peter and begs the question, how far would Peter Parker go to save his family? It's an awesome and highly recommended what-if book, 
because it doesn't appear to exist within either the current universes colliding uh, and forming battle world. So enjoy it while it lasts, ladies and gentlemen, because it's most likely not permanent. Next up, as promised, let's get into Secret Wars with issue number three. I picked up the Spider-Gwen variant uh, with Dr. Gwenge on the cover. It's epic if you haven't grabbed a copy but are interested in variants. As if, uh, as I've uh, said in the last month's episode, Secret Wars proves to be much better in my opinion than DC's recent Convergence event. Uh, that was uh, that is similar in the uh, effort to what Marvel is uh, currently attempting and I must say achieving. Both publishers in an effort to reboot most if not all their titles pit multiple universes together to duke it out. Convergence accomplished this on a planet comprised of various different uh, timelines from DC, and Marvel is doing so by colliding the Ultimate and regular universes together. The remnants left behind from these are 616 and 1610, or what we now call Battleworld, where Lord, or shall I say God Doom, uh, reigns. Marvel is doing a better job of this because unlike other events where tie-ins are mostly present, Marvel's Secret Wars tie-ins are both separate and cohesive uh, uh, simultaneously when these artists and writers share their views with their own titles th that they're writing and drawing, all while staying grounded in Battleworld. There's so much going on in Battleworld that the main Secret Wars title cannot ex possibly explain all these at different avenues. And that's where the tie-ins pick up, uh, where Secret Wars leaves off. Far from being a god, we get to explore the human aspects of Battleworld's uh, ruler, Doctor Doom and his accomplishments for this world, proving to succeed where the Avengers and Illuminati both failed in saving one if not both Earths. It appears eight years have passed uh, from issue one to issues two and three, as explained by Doom's very own Sheriff, Doctor Strange. Upon uh, finding survivors uh, from the old Marvel U of Earth 616, who consists of Mr. Fantastic, Black Panther, and Spider-Man as well as Ultimate Spider-Man from Earth-1610, uh, baffled as to how these individuals recall the collision between the worlds that supposedly took, eight year, uh, took place eight years prior while they drifted in space. Most likely in a hypersleep uh, state aboard their crafts, all in all, the event is solidifying itself as one of the great arcs of this generation. It does not disappoint, and my hesitation for tie-ins in previous events and story arcs have been completely thrown out the window for this event and will be proved in the next few um, books that are discussed in this episode, Tim. Up next is a title I picked up for my oldest daughter, Phoenix, but I found myself enjoying it just as much as a cute bedtime read. Of course, this is Scotty Young's giant-sized little marvel, Avengers vs. X-Men. As the mighty Avengers battle the X-Men in a cute, cuddly fashion that no one else can portray like Scotty Young, the humor is spot on and even had me laughing out loud as a youthful 29-year-old. I am looking forward to seeing these kiddos get into more mischief and prank each other on the next issue um, as it appears to be a monthly series uh, that I hope will continue as long as possible. This is the perfect jumping on point if you're trying to get your toddler or early reader into comics. I actually suggested it to a co-worker and her son loved it so much they also plan on sticking with his title as well. It is delightful and silly and we both enjoyed it very much. On to my next title. Uh, the last Marvel title I'll be discussing, one that never disappoints, that is Miss Marvel 16, another tie-in to Secret Wars, titled Last Days of Miss Marvel, part one by G. Willow Wilson and a returning artist Adrian Alfona. The title obviously hints that these are the last few issues of Miss Marvel, volume one, but it's definitely not the last that we've seen of the beloved character Kamala Khan. As described by writer G. Willow Wilson in, uh, on Twitter, this is not a reboot, it's more like a relaunch along with a ton of other Marvel titles, some in which are still in the single digits, so nonetheless I won't 
question this technique by Marvel, but instead just be thankful that both Wilson and Alphonia are returning to Volume 2 when Secret Wars concludes. If I had to drop every comic book except for one, this would be it. Uh, this book has accomplished so much in such a little, a little amount of time. It would be truly a shame if it were to reboot, taking it all the way back to square one. And even worse if Wilson was replaced. Um, so some highlights from issue 16 I especially loved were when Alphonia replaced alcohol with hot dogs, metaphorically, considering Kamala is still in high school and too young to drink, but desperately needed a means to escape and or indulge while she dealt with heartbreak, uh, fighting crime, family problems, and now she's watching the end of the world as our 1610 collides with hers. Um, all while trying to save uh, those she cares about. The issue ends with an awesome cliffhanger that hints at the most epic team-up on Marvel's past years. Uh, let's hope it's not just a teeth or a brief encounter, and long live Miss Marvel. The first and most important DC book for the month of June was Zack Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman, number 41. The first issue after the death of Bruce Wayne, the original Batman after his murder-suicide with the Joker in issue 40. It was unveiled the new Batman donning the Bat Bunny cow is none other than Jim Gordon himself. And in this issue, there's a description of his hesitancy to assume the new role and the need for a Batman the Gotham needs as the Batman faces his first foe in this awesome issue. My reservations with Gordon and the new suit were put to rest very quickly and should have never been guessed or second guessed with a creative team such as Zack Snyder and Greg Capullo. I don't remember seeing any other uh, others from the Bat Family or Batman Incorporated, much less is there any dialogue making reference um, or others aware that there is a new Batman in town. Possibly, but the other Bat titles that may shed light on this I don't uh, read, so it's only a matter of time before the new Batman interacts with those such as Robin, Nightwing, and some other uh, familiar but not so friendly faces in the new DCU universe uh, that DC has created as Convergence closes the new 52 chapter. This is a must read and for anyone that dropped the title at the end of issue 40 because Bruce Wayne is dead, you'll regret it, I promise you. And the last page of number 41 is for all the skeptics and naysayers out there um, of the new Batman. I can't wait for issue two, uh, 42, um, it was that good. The next DC book for June was Justice League of America 1. JLA number 1 reintroduces us to one of the most iconic superhero teams after DC's Convergence story concluded. Thankfully, I might add. I was actually able to trade off my entire Convergence collection in which I used to credit my, uh, at my local comic shop to purchase uh, Marvel Secret Wars tie-ins. Um, so I, get, I guess a little bit ironic there, but this is uh, one of the better JLA book, uh, reboots that uh, I've read recently. The New 52s didn't keep me interested, partly because it wasn't the original team members, but I still have the New 52s uh, issue number one DC released in variant covers. Each one with a different flag from the United States of America which I thought was super awesome. I believe I grabbed both the standard American flag and the Texas flag cover, of course. This issue was no different with this massive assortment of uh, variants. DC's Brian Hitch uh, not only created a standard cover, but seven different uh, connecting covers, one with each founding member of the JLA when combined a beautiful panoramic cover is unveiled with uh, Aquaman, Cyborg, Flash, Green Lantern, Superman, Wonder Woman, and of course my favorite, Batman. If you don't want to buy them all individually, you could always purchase the Incentive variant, which is the entire collection combined into a seven-panel fold-out variant for a whopping $150. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have $150 lying around for a single issue if it's not a key book um, or a first appearance, especially for a modern book. Um, so I chose the standard issue by Brian Hitch as well that included the entire team also. Uh, as for the contents of the book, it was good. 
a bit long, but uh, a lot has happened in the past month. Um, and Brian Hitch, who is also the writer, made a decent attempt at touching base with each hero individually while slowly bringing them together in what you'd expect in a JLA book. As with most number ones, especially a team-up book, some development is needed, which is why I'll stick with the title for the time being. This will be um, two of the only, uh, my only three DC titles I'm now pulling. The first being Batman, uh, which we just discussed. Um, number two is this one, and the last uh, being my introduction to Flash in issue 41. The Flash number 41 is one of the only Flash books I've read in years, not to mention the only Flash book since the New 52 launched in 2012. And I couldn't be happier to get into a Flash book. This is the first Flash book since the terrible Convergence story arc wrapped up. Uh, Venditti and Booth have uh, been the creative team on The Flash since issue 30. And I really enjoyed Venditti's run on Green Lantern, so I'm looking forward to reading more of his work. And although, say, although I say this a lot, this book really is the perfect jumping on point, especially if you're a fan of the show. As one website described it as, quote, The Flash number 41 starts out like a love letter to the fans of the show, unquote. Uh, that's taken from bamsmackpow.com. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Venditti touches on so much in one issue without uh, overindulging. And Booth draws a reverse flash like I've never seen before. So do yourself a favor and uh, pick up my favorite DC book for the month of June. That was Flash number 41. last category of the podcast, indie books. It was a small haul for independent books this past June, and none were on the top of my reading list, like Spawn 253. I honestly uh, haven't completed the entire book yet. Despite my eagerness to get back into Spawn after the res resurrection of Al Simmons, I found myself just reading the series because I had already purchased it. I'm not excited for each issue like I was before. Don't get me wrong, Jenkins is an awesome writer, and John Boy has taken some getting used to, but it doesn't excite me like it did uh, anymore. Despite my efforts, 253 is most likely my last issue of Spawn. Even if I get around to reading it uh, completely, if, you, if you're reading Spawn and I think uh, you think I should stick with it, I'd love to hear why. I'd love to hear from all of you, especially if you disagree with my uh, desire to drop this book. Moving on to some books that I did read though, from Valiant Comics, Exo Manowar's 25th Anniversary Special Number 1, also by current Flash writer Robert Venditti, and art by Kafu, I believe, I think I'm pronouncing that right. This is my first Exo Manowar book, and if you've been following me on Instagram and Twitter, you, then you've noticed my recent interest in Valiant Comics. And this was a decent introduction into the character. I'm not exactly sold, but it's worth keeping around. If anything, for the potential increased value at the rise of the Valiant Cinematic Universe coming in a few years. Although I do despise uh, those who grab multiple copies only to flip them, um, this is probably one that uh, wouldn't be hard to make a small profit of. At least I bought it with intentions to read it and I did just that. I just wasn't blown away like I have been uh, recently with other Valiant titles like Divinity and Bloodshot Reborn. Speaking of Bloodshot Reborn, issue 3 came out in June and I will, uh, this will be my last book I'll be mentioning in this episode. I grabbed this gnarly var variant by artist uh, Das Pastoris, I believe, who depicts gore and detail unlike anything I've ever seen in a long time. And the contents of the book don't disappoint either. This title gets better and better with each issue, and for anyone not reading this and looking into an intro into Valiant Comics, I would keep an eye out for the trade of Bloodshot Reborn Volume 1, as I promise you won't be disappointed. Written by Jeff Lemire, who also wrote uh, Valiant 
and art by Miko Sayan from Valiant's other titles like Harbinger, these two come together collectively like peanut butter and jelly. They're messy, but it, they're really good. So uh, basically, back to the book, following a trail of bloodshed left behind from others apparently infected with the same nanites that made up the or made it him a monster he once was, Bloodshot is essentially forced to make a decision that he has already promised himself to never do again. Uh, the increased suspense, the violence, and the creepy voices in his head make this book uh, definitely worth reading, and I hope you do the same. Before we end episode 10, I wanted to ask if anyone saw the new Bat in the Sun superpower beatdown. Uh, Bat in the Sun has been putting out um, these awesome short films where they pick comic book characters and other well-known uh, characters against each other and viewers essentially vote on the winner. They then make that short film depicting the fight that is, uh, the fans essentially created. The most recent battle was the first two-on-two -two battle between the Joker and Harley Quinn versus Deadpool and Domino. As I think I've mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of Deadpool, but his regenerative abilities do make him hard to beat. So what are your predictions? Uh, will Crazy Outwit beat the mutant uh, who basically can't die? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me with your predictions. And after you watch it, I would love to hear what you guys thought about the, the short film and battle. And as well as I'd love to hear what you thought about this podcast. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at lastpage underscore comics. You can email any questions or reviews at lastpagecomics at gmail.com. If you want, you can always follow me on Instagram where I'm most active and share most of my collection weekly. Uh, my handle there is at Woodard, W-O-O-D-A-R-D, underscore Bird, B-I-R-D. I appreciate you all listening to episode 10. FYI, I'm still working on utilizing some audio apps for future episodes where I can have guests on with me. I have a few lined up, both male and female. If you're interested in being a guest, please reach out to me uh, at any of the social networking apps just mentioned. And be sure to listen to our parent podcast, Empty Rant, where we live, uh, air live group rants bi-weekly and talk about whatever's on our mind. Subscribe to all our channels on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and YouTube for live uh, shows, and check us uh, out at our new website, EmptyRant.com. July is off to a good and expensive start, uh, one with all the new uh, Marvel titles relaunching, so uh, be sure to look out for episode 11, and thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>